0: everyone, you're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I got hair transplants. I'm serious. (laughs) It took like thousands of hairs from the back of my head and transferred them to the front of my head. And I've documented all of this and we're going to do a series several months from now, hopefully if the hair grows. And we're going to call it like Bloom Where You're Planted or something like that. Now, I love I love the shaved head. I might just stay with this. But I'm just telling you, I had hair transplant surgery. Today though, I want to do that. I I want to think about what's in the back of our minds, maybe in the back that should be in the front. Because when we move some things in the back that should be in the front, we're going to experience some growth. We've been talking about a hop, skip, and a jump around here. We've been looking at the life of Moses, one of the great leaders ever. Back in the ninth grade, I had the opportunity to play some basketball, and our coach was a former Marine, and he would always get on to me because he said I had slow feet. So he would yell at me, I mean, drop F-bombs and pick them back up, and drop the F-bombs again and pick them back up. I won't use those as I quote him, but I will say what he said to me, and Move those ninth grade feet, you're too slow. Why don't you start skipping rope? Why don't you start skipping rope? So I did. Here's a jump rope. Bear with me because I have some boots on, it's not gonna be that easy, okay? I need some love. Well, I learned how to jump rope, and my foot speed really increased, and now I have pretty quick feet for someone, especially 55 years old. But I was known kind of as a quick person when I played college and all that, and it's due to this contraption called a jump rope. To jump rope, you you need some momentum. To jump rope, you need some coordination. To jump rope, you need some endurance, the, the rope is sort of the standard that helps you to leap and to land. That's the secret of jumping rope. You, you jump rope. It's a hop, skip, and a jump, and it's good for you. All of us are leaders because all of us influence someone. Leadership is influence. So we have something in common with Moses. No, we're not leading two million people, but maybe you're leading several toddlers, <laughs> which arguably might be more difficult than what Moses did. (laughs) You're leading in a marriage. You're leading at school. You're leading at the club. You're a leader. Maybe you're a teacher. You're a leader. Everyone leads. Everyone leads. Leadership is about a hop, skip, and a jump. What are you landing on? What are you leaping over? Because... We need to land on the significant. We need to skip the superfluous and land on the significant. And as we look at the life of Moses, we go, oh, Moses, wow, so glamorous, so amazing, so unbelievable. Yet, isn't it true that we don't see, we don't really understand the pain that he dealt with? And in today's text, Exodus chapter 18, we're going to peek into the pain, into the angst, that he dealt with. If I see a homemaker, or if I see a manager, or if I see a CEO or a coach, I don't realize the pain that they're processing to lead. You see me on stage, maybe jumping rope, preaching a sermon, maybe you've read one of my books or whatever. You think, oh, wow, that's, uh, man, that's, that's really cool. It must be just it must be just smooth sailing for Ed. I'm here to tell you, I have processed for 27 years intense pain. You have no idea what I'm processing right now just as a leader. I'm not telling you that for you to go, oh poor Ed. I'm not telling you that to go, wow, my life is, is amazing. God called me to do this. I get to do this. I don't have to do this. I love it. I'm here to tell you though, what we're talking about takes some pain. We see some pain in Moses' life. And here's what's so, so stunning about Moses. And I'm gonna give you just a quick, quick Wikipedia version. Moses goes to Pharaoh, the leader of Egypt. Now remember, Moses was supposed to be the man in Egypt. He wasn't because he followed God's calling. He spent 40 years in the desert working for Jethro, his father in law, a priest in a place called Midian. He worked for his father in law for four decades. So, you know, Moses' wife had to be something else, you know? <laughs> then at the right time, he came into Pharaoh's office and said, It's time, Pharaoh, for you to let the Jewish people go. Well, that was their slave labor. That was a large part of their economy. And Pharaoh said, heck to the no. Well, again, God caused these plagues to strike, pounded the Egyptians with 10 plagues. Pharaoh relinquished. The two million Jews were let out from Egyptian slavery. The Red Sea was parted. God fed them manna from heaven quail, guided them with this GPS system, a cloud by day, fire by night, all of these supernatural acts. And then the the Jews had some difficult times. They experienced some pain and guess what they did? They tried to kill Moses. Are you ready for that? These whining, complaining Israelites, God's chosen people, when things didn't go their way after seeing God come through time after time again, they wanted to kill Moses. Moses had the momentum, he had everything going. They wanted to take him out. And if you ever feel insecure, just read about the life of Moses. And now the people are trying to take him out. I'll never forget. Troy Aikman, the great Dallas Cowboy quarterback. I'll never forget Troy Aikman's last play as a Dallas Cowboy. He was booed off the field. Troy Aikman! Hall of Famer! Super Bowl icon! booed off the field by the Dallas Cowboy faithful. You lead, you're going to get booed. And a lot of us are afraid to lead because we don't want to get booed. But let's be serious. When we live for Christ, when we do what the Bible wants us to do, people are going to boo. That's okay. We please God. We have a group of trusted friends in our lives. There's affinity there. There's accountability there. As we look at the life of Moses, we see he had Aaron, he had her, and he had his father-in-law, Jethro. So, we see Moses on this roll, Moses with momentum. We see the Israelites kind of on a roller coaster of emotions. Then, out of nowhere, you begin to do what God wants you to do. All hell will break loose before all heaven breaks loose. Did you hear that? The Amalekites show up. The Amalekites were some bad people the Amalekites attacked the Israelites, and this all happened near Mount Sinai, where later on Moses received the Ten Commandments on the top of Mount Sinai. While the battle was taking place, Moses went to the top of a mountain, and the Bible said when his hands were lifted, the Israelites won. And he had to have his hands lifted during the whole battle. And his friends, Aaron and Hur, part of his small group, they actually put rocks under his his elbows to keep his hands lifted. And Israel beat, opened up a can on the Amalekites. When you start leading, the Amalekites will attack. But I'm here to tell you, as long as... As you focus on him, as long as you have the right they in your life and you can't spell the word they without H-E, he in the middle, pointing you to the Lord, you will emerge victorious. <laughs> Moses is doing a good job here. He's, he's skipping. He's landing on things he should land on and he's jumping over things he should jump over, but something happens after the battle. After the battle, you would think, okay, he's got this thing down. He is, he's just a hop, skip, and a jump leader. He's, he's, he's got it, he's got momentum. Everything is rocking and rolling, but then the Bible says Moses stopped after he came down from the mountain. After the victory, he, he stopped. He began to sink in the quicksands of the secondary. The Bible says that Moses was trying to judge everything. He was trying to hear every dispute that the Jews had from property disputes, disputes about livestock, marital difficulties, sibling rivalries. Moses said, like I've said before, like you've said before, if you want it done right, if you want it done right, You've got to do it yourself. That's what Moses said. Well, Jethro shows up, his father-in-law. Jethro, a priest of Midian. Jethro shows up. Moses begins to share with Jethro the wonderful things that God has done in his life. Even through the pain, he talks about the purpose and the power of God. It's vital that you have someone you can be honest with. It's vital that you can have someone who loves you for who you are, not what you have or don't have. He had Aaron, her, he had Jethro. Jethro earned the right to speak into Moses' life, to give him advice. Who in your life do you have That you can share what god is doing who in your life do you have that you can share these stories with you might be going well i don't i don't have any stories if you don't have any stories you need to get right with god because you get right with god and begin to live for him you will have stories some of you don't have any stories to share conversely some of you have stories to share, but you don't have anyone to share them with. That's why we have small groups of Fellowship. That's why we have connect groups, community. We grow larger and smaller at the same time. I think it's so, so in-depth that, that, that Jethro and Moses had this kind of connection And Jethro was absolutely excited. He celebrated Moses' success, which is the definition of a true friend. Did you you get that? It's easy for me to empathize with you. You go through a hard time, you go through a sickness, you lose a loved one, you have a financial setback. Oh, I can easily sympathize and empathize with you. That's not a real friend. I mean, it is, but it's not a real friend. A real friend is like, good for you. I celebrate your success. A good friend celebrates the success of his or her good friend when something good happens to them, and that is what Jethro did. So Jethro was just, I mean, chest bumping and high-fiving Moses. Then the next day, and, and as you read about Jethro's life, Jethro, I believe, became a follower of the Lord because of this. The next day though, Jethro looked and he looked closer and he examined Moses' behavior, his his leadership, and he thought to himself, this is this is not good. Wouldn't you agree when you become a leader, the, the, the more you lead, the more responsibility you have, the less likely you are to listen to advice. It's so true. The more responsibility you have, the more leadership chips that you have, the less you listen to advice. Oh, I'm the man. I'm the girl. Who are you to tell me? Very, very interesting. Yet Moses didn't have that. If we are open to learning, if we're open to advice, if not only we hear it but do it, leadership is unlimited in your life and mine. But the moment we stop learning, the moment we stop taking advice is the moment we get stuck in the superfluous. Ask the right people the right questions to get the right answers. There's 2,400 questions in the Bible. And Jethro asked Moses these questions. Think think, think about the lines at the airport. Think about that. We have to just wait in line. You know, wait, 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 wait. That's what was happening with. Moses, all these people were around him and, and, and Jethro saw the insufficiency and he goes, Moses, what are you doing? I'm reading out of Exodus 18 verse 14. And why do you alone sit as judge? Yes, you're God's skipper, but you've forgotten how to skip. Instead of skipping, you're just sitting there and it's not, and it's not happening. Moses did something that, that we so often do He lived by the tyranny of the urgent as opposed to what was really important in his life. We can't live by urgencies, ladies and gentlemen. We have to live by what is important. An urgency is not an emergency. An emergency is all hands on deck. We're we're all about that. An urgency is what people place on you. It's what people place on me. That's fine. That's dandy. We have to live by what's important. Never pray about what your priorities should be because that's a dumb prayer. You know there's such thing as dumb prayers. Our priorities are mentioned in scripture. Here's the phrase that pays. God's principles are our priorities And the commitments that we make underscore and highlight those priorities. Does that make sense? God's principles, master, mission, mate, et cetera, God's principles are our priorities. I mean, there's no arguing. So it's your commitment and my commitment to those principles and priorities that, that either give us the thumbs up we're, we're having great momentum, or the thumbs down, we're stuck in the superfluous. And Jethro was like, Moses, you've got a small group. Listen to God, follow him, listen to the people who love you, not for who you are or what you have, but who love you because God loves you. Lean into them and, 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 and delegate the rest. Let's skip down to Exodus chapter 18, verse 19. He said, listen to me. This is Jethro talking. I'll give you some advice. And may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. He's teaching Moses about skipping. Moses, skip the superfluous, land on the significant. When you land on the significant, your life will be Magnificent. God's principles are my priorities, and they're carried out by my commitments. That's how we roll, Moses. It'll change your life. And as you keep reading, he said, you're going to wear yourself out. In the literal Hebrew, it means you're going to become old before your time. So Moses, Jethro said, you're wearing yourself out. You're wearing the people out. You're wearing your family out and you're wearing yourself out. And that's what is in play in this one and only life when we get stuck in the superfluous. We wear people around us out. We wear our family out and we wear ourselves out. Take some advice. Proverbs 19, verse 3. Very convicting verse. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. So people totally screw up, totally do what they want to do, and then they blame God. You can't make this up. It's as old as dirt. As old as the sands in the wilderness between Egypt and Canaan, as old as the dirt in Canaan, as old as the Garden of Eden. Because man, we have that tendency, do we not, to, 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 to blame. We mess up, and then we blame. God wants the best for your life and mine. When God says no, and he says no, it's to protect you and to protect me. He doesn't say no to rain on our parade. When God says yes, go for it. So put your no on God's no, and your yes on God's yes. Listen to advice. That's why it's critical to have a small group. That's why it's critical to go to church. If you just show up, that's most of it. God's going to do the rest. Who are you taking advice from? Moses. Listened to the advice of Jethro. I mean, I'm not Moses, you're not Moses. We're talking Moses. This guy was alpha male, type A. One of the great leaders ever. He listened. And we're gonna find out he did what Jethro told him to do. But that's next time. That's next time. Because we have too many people hearing, 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 and not enough people doing, doing, doing. But that's next time. But I do have to throw in one more verse. This is kind of funny. Because remember, we're taking things from the back and implanting them in the front for growth. And this is a leadership principle. Exodus chapter 18, verse 27. After uh, Moses and Jethro had hung out, the Bible says, Then Moses sent his father-in-law on his way. That gives you biblical evidence that you should only spend about 24 to 48 hours with your in-laws. So, that's gonna free a lot of you up. This jump rope is the standard. It caused me to jump. A hop, skip and a jump. Jump rope. This is your standard in mine. It causes us to hop, skip, and to jump. I'll see you next time as we skip back to fellowship. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this message. And I pray now, if there's someone here and you've never, ever, ever given your life to the Lord, you just pray this prayer with me. God, I don't understand it all. But I believe, to the best of my knowledge right now, that you are God. And I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And at this time, I give my life to you. I ask you to just come into my life. I give you everything I am in everything I'll ever become. Show me now what to do as I discover the greatness you have for me. If you prayed that prayer, that's the greatest decision you'll ever make. Others here need to pray a prayer of priorities, of listening to advice. This is your place, this is your time. Because God has amazing things in store, and we cheer you on through this powerful yet painful process. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening, and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.